Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this message. We give you praise. We give you honor. Headline news. The rebuild moves forward after the storm. Have you guys been watching the news about and looking at the community that was plowed with the black eye? And uh, Hurricane Ian did much damage. Amen. And so, but we have what's called the rebuild. God doesn't want everybody to uh, sit down and die after he comes in with his Mack truck and introduces himself as a God that is going to give you a black eye, but I expect change. Amen. I expect some change to happen. So tonight the message is the rebuild. What do we do after judgment hits our life due to God's love? What do we do? Do we lay down and die or go get a fifth of whiskey? <laughs> what, what do we do? Well, let's check it out and see. Galatians 6, 7 reads, be not deceived God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So we know that God is not mocked. You know, have you ever seen people laughing at God, making fun of God, making fun of his people? And God's like, that is called a deception. They're under a delusion that whatever they say in their mockery and whatever they do will not return to them. Okay. And so that's a very scary thing because we know it's a law of God that what we sow, we will reap. Okay? If I steal, if I steal from people, that's what I do in life. I sow. I'm a thief. I continue to sow thievery. I'm eventually going to go to jail. Amen? And then people, they go, oh, who's going to find out? What are you going to do to me? Look at you. What are you going to do to me? And that's how they act. And they go, what do you think? This is a joke. Your God sees everything. It's like, oh, God sees it all. God sees it all. He's got big eyes. Say big eyes. But he's got a big heart. And he doesn't want us to reap bad. But, you know. Fort Myers Beach sowed sin. Fort Myers Beach reaped God's love coming in there, plowed it down, called Hurricane Ian, and God expects everybody to rebuild, but on his terms. Amen? If we rebuild the same way we built it the first time, liquor, this, that, and the other, prostitution, strip clubs, they're going to reap his Mack truck again. Amen? Psalm 60, beginning in verse 2, reads as follows, 2 through 3. Thou, meaning God, has made the earth to tremble. Would you say the earth did a little trembling during Hurricane Ian? So the earth, God makes to tremble. It says, thou has broken it. God has broken it. Heal the breaches thereof, for it shakes. What does that mean, heal the breaches? Well, the reason that God made the earth to tremble and God broke it is because it had breaches. Breaches are openings, okay? 
openings in someone's life for the snake to come in and destroy. Okay, that's a breach. All right, if you drove down the freeway tonight, took off from church, and you drove down the freeway and uh, you, you decided after church to go out to your car and bust the front windshield for some reason, I don't want the front windshield anymore. I don't need the protection. And so you driving down the freeway, you know, anything that flew is going to get in your face, right? And if something flies in your face and you can't see, you gotta, you're going to maybe get into destruction, aren't you? So this is how most people live their life as Christians. They have open doors that let the snake come in, okay? And it destroys their life. And so this is the breaches God wants healed after the storms come in our life. Now they can come into the community like Hurricane Ian, or they can knock on our door personally, okay? Somebody that's an alcoholic and God's been there every day saying stop drinking because you're, you have a breach. It's going to destroy you. And if you die in sin, I have to say depart from me. I, you didn't uh, clean up, right? It says in verse 3, Thou, meaning God, has showed thy people, his creation, hard things. Uh-oh. We don't really hear this preached too much, do we? Thou, God, has made us to drink the wine of astonishment. This is astonishment. Oh! <gasps> oh! Okay? <laughs> when he comes through with a Mack truck, we are floored, aren't we? Have you ever seen him come to somebody's life and... Judgment hits. And the, the nice thing about judgment is like, oh, God wants me to be his child. God wants to heal me. God wants me to be in his family. God wants me to go to heaven. God wants me to clean up my life. God is here to make things better. Amen? So after the storms in life, whatever has been lost, we must find our soul. It is the it is the only thing we own that is eternal. That's not really something that we lock up the way we should, though, is it? You know, you see a lot of people, they lock up their jewelry. They got safes, right? They got their safe, and they got their diamonds. They've got their stock investments. They've got their houses all locked up and secured. They have ADT systems and, and whatever they need, right? They live on big property, and... And, and we've got, you know, when the, somebody steps on the property, the lights go on. If somebody tried to get in, the alarm goes off. The police are there, right? We're there to secure the land. But you know what? Nobody considers the most important thing they own is their soul. Jesus said, what does it profit a man or a woman to gain the whole world and lose their soul? What can you give in exchange for your soul? 107 people die every minute. And the stats are 50 million annually go to hell. So we're at the end of a year. And 50 million people all over the globe descended into eternal fire. Because they didn't consider their soul, the, the, the part of them that's leaving, important enough to live in safety in Christ. And they continued with their breaches. So whatever has been lost, we must find our soul in the God who made it. 
and then we will most certainly make it. The Bible is clear. Those who follow after righteousness will be blessed by God. Do we want to be blessed? Is life hard enough? Don't we, don't we need the blessings of God? And God wants us to be blessed, okay? But the other part of the scripture is those that refuse will be devoured by the sword. That's Isaiah 1, 19 and 20. Isaiah 1, 19 and 20. So we can see that God is very clear and he gives people two choices, blessed or devoured, or blessed and cursed, right? And so we're going to be on this earth and we want to choose blessing, amen? And God wants us to. Isaiah beginning in Isaiah 1, beginning in verse 16, reads as follows. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. God is pleading with the people after the storm, after he shakes the earth and he destroys it. He destroys what was. And he goes, hey, it was me because I'm, out, I'm here trying to save you. Remove sin from this island. Remove sin from your lives. Rebuild it on purity so that I can bless it instead of devour it again. Amen? Amen. So wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. What do you mean evil, God? Well, I see the strip clubs. I see the bars. I see the drug deals. I see the prostitutes. I see the vaping and the tobacco and the marijuana and the big parties and the, you know, all the profane things and the homosexuality and the adultery that goes on out here and the fornication. So wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease, stop to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Don't run over the widow. And, and, and robber, that goes on too. People rob widows. Verse 18, come now and let us reason together. God's like, have a seat. Have a seat. And let's talk about this. So come and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If, God has given us a if, circle if in your Bible. Everything we get in life is due to an if. Amen. <laughs> if you do this, I will do that, God says. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with a sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So God is saying, after the storm, maybe you weren't in Hurricane Ian, but you have bad news from somewhere else. We need to examine ourselves first, amen, and find out, is this my fault? Is this my fault? Maybe your marriage is falling apart, but you don't want to look at your own life and say, is this my fault, maybe? We just point fingers at each other. Maybe my kids are, they're just not um, obeying. They're not doing good at school, and you just want to blame the child. But why don't you sit down and, and, and open up your Bible and say, God, teach me your ways so that I can clean up my home. Teach me how to live so that I can be a good mother or father. Maybe it's my fault. 
But, you know, we don't want to look at ourselves, do we? I can't get along with my family, and we're always fighting, but maybe it's, uh-oh, maybe it's my fault. And God doesn't want us to return to the life of the flesh and experience eternal regret, does he? You know, you have people that live by the Spirit, and then you have people that live by the flesh. Okay? And the two aren't going to really get along too well, are they? Even in our own lives, we have the Spirit and we have the flesh. I know in my own life. It's like, you know, it, it goes right along with the Scripture. It says, you know, your spirit is willing. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. But your flesh is like, <clears throat> and you always got to kill that. Because the flesh is carnal and sensual and against God. And we can be two people in one body. Amen. We can, be, we can be two people. Here we are. We're not crazy. We can be two people in one body. And say, what's wrong with me? Or Juan doesn't have long hair, so what does she But he is at that level, right? But, but we, can, we can be two people, and maybe we think sometimes, am I mentally ill? It's like, am I mentally ill? It's like, no. God is, God is telling you to kill your flesh. And God will help you kill your flesh, if you noticed. Because he won't give you everything you want. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Ooh. That's when that temper comes out, just when you had little kids. I remember taking my daughter to uh, the Christ-centered bookstore when she was little. She was five years old. And I said, I said, here's $5, and you can spend it on anything you want. She's a little girl. And she marched around that store like this and just decided, I don't want anything. I took her outside, and she put her hands on her hip, and she looked up at me. She, Don't you ever do that to me again. That embarrassed me. Only $5? I said, oh. I said, you get your butt in that car right now. She was a spoiled little thing, though. You know what I mean? And she chewed me out right there in the parking lot. Don't you ever do that to me again. $5? I was embarrassed, Mom. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, so what had to happen? Well, she got a little spanking. Because what, what has to die? The flesh. The flesh has to die. So she got a little spanking, and she, instead of getting any money next time we went, because she just loved that store. It was my favorite store, of course. Christ Center, right? Bookstore was like, what can we buy today? <clears throat> so the next time, she, did, she got nothing. She got nothing. And so I had, had to help her kill that flesh. And God's always, always... Always, always trying to grow the spirit, okay? And he'll kill the flesh. <laughs> now, this is the fun part. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. I surrender. Okay, are you, are you really going to surrender that morning to me? And your alarm goes off. It's like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't want to get out of five. Yeah, but I, you were so willing at church when I asked you. Can you set the alarm at five so we can get going? Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Because you were full of the Spirit. Okay? But at 5 in the morning, a lot of times our alarm goes off. We ain't full of nothing but the flesh. We got to get our spirit coffee in us before we can, we can deal with it. But God will keep coming to kill that flesh. I know all about it. He's, he's killed my flesh for years to the point where, boy, and we want what we want, don't we? That flesh wants what it wants. It doesn't want to surrender to anybody. It wants what it wants. But if we don't work with God to kill that flesh, that carnal nature, 
We're not going anywhere in life. And when we meet somebody, you can tell right away, are they in the spirit or are they in the flesh? It's not what we're judging people. It's just you know. You know, and when God tells you to go do something crazy, what you think is crazy, he just checked me. He said, what you think is crazy. He said, if people are in the flesh, they'll, they'll, they won't do what I ask them because they'll try to reason it out. He said, if you spend all your time in the flesh, you're going to miss the spirit and the boat's going to move on. Because if I don't raise you up, the rocks will cry out and you'll lose your reward. Amen. So we do not want to feed the flesh and keep it going. Here's a little poem that I wrote. My name is flesh. My brain is mush. I have no guide. I refuse all leaders. I feel my way through the journey on earth. I stumble, I fall, and I eat the dirt. I have no standard. I have no laws. I am free from restraint and all boundaries here. I grope in the dark as I please, uh uh-oh, my flesh. I serve myself without any genuine rest. I am up all night pacing the floor as I want and as I worry and slam the doors. I ignore the God who can set me free because I don't want his laws and requirements binding and inhibiting me. So I curse him nonstop all through the day as I spit on his love and push him away. I am now in hell. It's been 10 long years. I almost stopped counting since I landed in here. So don't drive him away when he calls out to you. Surrender your life and obey his will so you will ascend into glory and avoid the hell I now dwell in eternally. (laughs) Amen? Does that resonate? Because, see, we're all people. We all go through the same things. We all do. And that's what brings health and wholeness to us when we get together and discuss these things. Amen. So we don't want to end up like this sorrowful rebel. Rebuild. We need to rebuild our lives in intelligence, which is a life lived out under the eyes of Almighty God in righteousness. And I would advise everybody that's been through the storm and God's been knocking on your door to jump into the Rialaron Crown program and graduate. Amen to have a solid, beautiful life worth living. And you can find the crown program at www.realaron.org. You know, many times we can meet somebody and and have compassion for them, right? Like somebody that their life was plowed down to the ground. Say, you know what, my heart goes out to you. But how many of us can say, I understand because I, me too. It happened to me too. Me too. Have you gone through things that you can actually say to people, me too? I've been there too. And then you have something to offer the people, don't you? You're not just a a little snot running around with the answers that you haven't, you haven't already been down to the bottom yourself. And so all things work together for good because we actually have been where they've been. You know, when I saw the sticks of their life, I just started weeping and crying for them because I've been there too. I clearly and factually understood the devastation of their loss as I also have suffered under much loss 
all, even the sticks. But when, when they were looking at their leftover house, they got to see what could be rebuilt. I didn't even have the sticks to look at. It was gone. I lost my home, my business, my employees, my children, my children's Christian education, my animals, my furnishings, my vehicles and sports car, my boat and jet ski, my heirlooms. I've lost my life insurance, my health insurance, my car insurance, my dental plan, my savings account my stocks and investments, my finances, my vacations, the hair, facial, nail salon, the shopping sprees, my home staff I had, my friends, and even my families I've lost. And I lost these because of my connection to Jesus Christ. My connection to Jesus Christ. I can say as Paul, I have lost all things, but I count them as dung for the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But I did lose it all because of my connection. I was out evangelizing and a big war was waged against me by the kingdom of hell. They generally don't roll out the red carpet and, and say, oh good, Jesus has another one going to walk the road with him for souls. I mean, 50 million of them go to hell every year. <laughs> you don't get out of hell. You get out of Hurricane Ian if you rebuild right. But you don't get out of hell if you go. Think about it. The door is shut. Slam. Boom. It's over. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How do I get out of here? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, let me out. Let me out. Oh, my God. I know I went there 21 years ago. I got to get out. I didn't think I was. <laughs> but they didn't come out. 107 a minute. We've been in here, I don't know how many minutes, but 107 a minute are gone. Anyway, when Christ appeared to me 21 years ago and showed me, of course, I'm going to, everything that I had didn't mean as much. I just saw the world as I drove everywhere night and day. They're all going to hell, Annie. They're all going to hell. And I saw Christ in his tears. And because of my connection with Jesus Christ, I lost all things. But God has a contract that whatever you have lost for the gospel, a hundred times more in this lifetime. That's a lot. That's going to be a whole lot. But you know that's good because there's a lot of souls for me to feed. But I wait for it. Amen. And I expect it from the Lord. And so in, in our devastation, the rebuild, I mean, I was devastated. It was like the book of Job. One thing after the other came. And all I could do was sit there. I was in a state of shock. It's in my book. I, my, I got three testimony books, Real God, Boots and Lipstick, and The Road Up, and they're on Real Iran. But how was I to begin again after all this severe devastation? How are they to begin again? Because God wants us to rebuild our lives. Whatever has been stolen and broken that God wants to return to you, he will. A lot of the people, he won't return to you, though. 
What's gone is done. What's over is over. Amen? But God is something better. God is something better. Now, the whole time that God is preaching to us and encouraging us during our day, especially if you're on the front lines with him, you're going against hell that's coming at you. Here's Christ with his people. And the devil is coming at you constantly, coming at you, your mind. Because if he can get your mind, and then he gets your actions, and then he'll get your miracle. So you can, you can forfeit your miracle by listening to Satan or say, be gone in Jesus' name. Because I hear it all the time. I hear him all the time. But he's fighting, what he's doing is he's fighting Christ. Because God has a plan for you to be a blessing to this earth. He told Abraham, I will bless you. I will bless you. And when I say that, I will bless you. The devil wants you not to believe it. It's been so many years, God, when? I said, I will bless you. I said, I will make you a blessing. And he fights nonstop. He fights nonstop. But we believe him anyway, and it's, it's that tension. And we don't, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We're wrestling with demons. And the only way through this, and God is there, okay? And it seems like right before there's a big breakthrough coming, the heat even goes hotter. Hotter. Because it's his only hope is to crush. The devil tries to crush, crush and destroy God's work through you. And we're the body of Christ. What does that mean? He works through his body. So if he can, if, if the devil can kill the body, then he's going to keep the souls. Because we're the body of Christ. We never really think about that, but he's the head, right? And we're the body. But does he have your head? Who's in charge of our head? We've got to ask ourselves, who's in charge of my head? God wants our, your life rebuilt in, a, in the proper way, on solid foundation. Amen? That's why the crown program is there. And so we need to clearly allow God to rebuild us. And after my devastation, I was in a vision, and I was running down these steps, and the three, the three hierarchies, the devil, the false prophet that's over all the false doctrine, and the beast, which Jezebel, the horror, rides on top of him to pervert everybody sexually, okay? They put a curse on me, and I saw it. They were in a circle, and they were chanting, and it sounded like, it sounded like counterfeit tongues, like, and it was real wicked, and they had their black black hoods on and they were putting a curse on me and they put a curse on my finances and my marriage and soon enough the marriage was gone you know and they were taking the money because I was spending all this money that God gave me for the for the gospel right mm -hmm. and so he comes to take take you out so and at the bottom of the stairs were two two books one was the holy bible and on the other side was the Satanic Bible. And I was at, I had two choices on how to react in my destruction, total destruction, Ruth. It wasn't a little destruction, it was everything wipe out. 
And all I had was the breath in my lungs and the choice I was going to make. And I grabbed the Bible. And I haven't left the Bible. It's been 16 years. Amen? So, we have to really look at our lives and know that there are 120 years. They're going to either impact the world for Christ or we are going to be a tool and a puppet of Lucifer. Two choices. You're either going to belong to Christ or you're going to belong to the devil. There's no middle ground. You're either all in or you're all out. God says, if you are lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. A lot of people are in Christ, and this is what this poster represents, the two dots. The upper kingdom is the bride of Christ, the people that live holy and obey Jesus Christ, and allow him to comfort them when they're mad, upset, and going through, and talking it out with God, how they really feel, okay? Because God doesn't want us to leave him no matter what we've done wrong or right. The bottom people are the ones that continue in sin, and they don't do what God has told them to, but they live high on the hog, and they wear crosses around their necks, and, you know, they think they can do anything as a Christian, and they're good to go. They're good to go to hell, according to Christ. Amen. We have to come clean and obey Jesus Christ. So we don't want to be lukewarm Christians serving the devil and ourselves. okay? So in my rebuild... Would I be the same? Would it, would it, what was I going to do? Or would I be different? And this is the question God is asking all these people. In your rebuild, are you going to rebuild under me, life, or under the Lucifer, the devil? Well, I don't believe in Lucifer. Well, <laughs> then he's got a hold of you. Uh, yeah. People that don't believe in the devil don't know their Bible. And the devil has them. Amen? Captive. And so... Romans 12, beginning in verse 1, reads, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. How many people consider their bodies a living sacrifice? That is to be holy and acceptable unto God. Our bodies are to be living sacrifices, holy, that means pure. And acceptable to God. Do you know many Christians that that's on top of their bucket list? Verse 2. Be not conformed to this world. Do as they do. Dress as they do. Cuss like they do. Drink like they do. Smoke like they do. Right? But be transformed. Be changed. Well, how, God? By the renewing of your mind. That's where we open the Bible and let the Bible tell us what to do and we do it. Amen? Will we build on sand or we, will we build on rock? Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. 
So in our rebuild, are we going to build on sand, which is worldly wisdom underneath Lucifer? Or are we going to build on the rock, Jesus Christ, what he has to say? Now, another good question comes up. Will, will the rebuild be easy? Not necessarily. I just want to make that clear. Rebuilds are not necessarily easy. But it's a very intimate walk with Christ to wholeness. Amen? And we walk with Christ to wholeness. And it takes, it takes time for God to rebuild our lives, doesn't it? It's not magic and it's not overnight. But if you go with Christ, he will bring you up. Okay? If you go with the devil, you may look like you're up, but you're going to go into the lake of fire and you will be mentally ill, tormented, drug addicted, and alcoholic and everything else. And you will be chained by the evil kingdom. Doesn't sound like a good deal, does it? So we always want to stay focused on our righteousness in Christ. Our righteousness in Christ matters, amen? Will we be holy or we, will we continue in sin in our rebuild? Hebrews 12, 14. God says, follow peace with all men, meaning no fighting and carrying on and stabbing and killing. I mean, we're to follow peace. And holiness, purity, without which no man shall see the Lord. What does that mean? That means if I decide to be a brawler and, and a murderer and continue with people and unholy, I will not see the Lord. He will say, Depart from me, I never knew you. Second Timothy 2.19, those who work iniquity. Will I choose beauty or perversion? Psalm 96.9 reads, Oh, worship the Lord, meaning living intelligently under his throne of superior divine power, respectfully and attentively, with reverence in the enjoyment of a personal relationship, and the beauty of holiness, which is purity as God calls it within the Bible, okay? Fear before him all the earth. What does that mean? Well, fearing God is somebody that understands God means what he has stated for all humanity within the scriptures. Amen? Eve did not keep the fear of the Lord, did she? No, she didn't. She, she ran around... And she let her gas run out. She let her gas tank run out down I-4, so to speak. And she, her car stopped in the middle and she thought, I didn't think I'd ever run out of gas. The devil came. He comes to see if your gas tank's full, if you got the word in you. See if he can maybe, you know, it's been a long time since you had a drink. Don't you want to go in and have a drink? Had it been a long time since you... Don't you want to go and... Maybe a little two-step. That's the devil to check on how, how much gas you got in your car. How much word do you have in your brain? Keep the word in your brain no matter what's going on in your life. The first thing you do every day is read this Bible. It's, it should be your very first thing. Amen? Yeah. Will, will we be truth or will we enjoy false? John eight thirty two, And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. False doesn't make us free. Will we decide to go with Jesus or Satan? John 10.10. 10. The thief comes not for, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus says, I have come 
that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Will we have faith or doubt? Hebrews 6.12 That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, is this easy? Is this easy? It is when you're full of the Spirit, amen? So we stay full of the Spirit. When we fill our spirit tank is low, we need to worship the Lord. We need to read the Word. We need to pray in tongues. We need to call out, just text, pray for me, right? God is with you. And God has personally led me 16 years through, through many things. And I can actually say, you know, He's never failed me. He's never failed me. He's never, ever failed me. And so we need, to, we need to choose God's blessings on a daily basis. Amen? Now, have I risen to the point where I want to be over these 16 years? Am I there yet? No. But you know what I have? I, have, I, am, I am so wealthy when it comes to truth. I am so wealthy. I'm wealthier than I ever was before. I'm millions times more wealthy. It's truth and peace and wisdom and in my production for others, which is the eternal wealth. Amen? Amen. But God adds to me in the other dimensions as he sees fit. But do we, ever, do we, always, do we always agree with Jesus? Anybody ever argue with Jesus? No? Well, you're a saint, huh? You're, he's, <laughs> he's already crowned him with... You know what I'm saying. I'm teasing with you. But you know something? Uh, Mary and Martha, uh, I know one of them had a little tick with Jesus because if you were here, my, bro- my brother wouldn't have died. She was a little ticked. I think women may be a little bit more sensitive to God that way. <laughs> And we, because everything we are and everything we have, we're waiting from him. Amen. And let's continue to wait because we will receive if we faint not. Amen. Amen. Father, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for this word. I just love your word. I love you. My spirit is so full. And Father, I thank you. I thank you that just as we would blow a balloon and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, I just ask you personally to fill us so full, like balloons full of your spirit tonight. Father, I thank you that tomorrow morning will be full of your spirit. And I thank you that the flesh part of our nature will be, we'll keep putting it down, but it is a battle. But Father, I thank you that you ease up the battle and you bless us with your presence and success in this life. In Jesus' name, amen. Rialoran International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rialoran today at www.rialoran.org.